in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost, and we're here for another week of discussing movies here on the Top 10. Um, looking forward to today's show in honor of the final Daniel Craig Bond movie. Yes. Uh, and the producer said they will not start looking for a replacement until next year because they want to give Daniel Craig his swan song. Yeah. And I think that was the right choice, to be perfectly honest. Mm. I just read yeah. that yesterday and I was like, that that's good. Good for you guys. Yeah. Don't don't crowd the stage. Let him have the time. He's put in so much effort. He essentially revitalized your franchise. Um, mm-hmm. So why would you rush it and try to eclipse his final movie by, you know, having the speculation run rampant and picking a person and then immediately pushing Daniel Craig to the side. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, and so it's smart. It's smart. But it also leaves a lot of questions, especially when you see the movie. And I saw it the other day um, because, you know, obviously in the trailer, they present that Lashana Lynch is a, a, a double O agent there in the trailer. So are they saying they're not going to go forward with this person as the Don't James you spoil Bond? it. Oh, I don't don't know. you spoil, no spoil it. it. I'm just saying. Don't I'm you fuck saying. I didn't know that. I haven't seen the you trailer. You seen the trailer? Oh my god. I Look, don't watch trailers. I Look, I knew Bond was coming, so I was going to go see Bond. Okay. It's like, well, it's yeah. very much a James Bond movie. That's There you sure. go. Yeah. It's very much uh, Daniel you Craig. You didn't spoil it. Okay, good. I don't want to spoil it. I um, get super sensitive about that kind of stuff. No, no, no. Uh <clears throat> But yeah, I read that and I was like, good for you. Hmm. Um, I think that's the way it should be because, uh, well, the inclination would be, Hey, let's capitalize on all the free press that we're getting right now and start laying the groundwork for the successor and build anticipation early. Uh, but it's everything that you brought up given where bond looked like the trajectory of where it was going to go. Yes. Um, which is like the Batman and Robin, it's become kind of cartoonish, not to that degree, but it's, yeah. It's really taking the Roger Moore and now taking it to, you know, this new century. Yeah. Um, and to give it a more realistic and kind of, I guess, identifiable, closer to the Sean Connery aspects yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 Of this is a regular dude as opposed to a guy that gets into some pretty incredibly fantastical situations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And to just give him, because they said till 2022, which is just a couple months away. <laughs> So the speculation may begin in January, but at least they can say that it sounds nice. They give them a little bit of time. They've already pushed back this movie. um, And, you know, might, might as well. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Cause it's an overcrowded market anyway. So do you want this message to get lost or do you want to slowly soft pedal it out there as opposed to, you know what? No, we already found our successor instead of taking the time and really evaluating the options. Yeah. Um, and there's so many options, and there are even options you might not be not have even considered. Here, I can barely hear myself. You, it might be options that you maybe not even considered uh, in your mind uh, for quite some time because you hadn't necessarily. Here we go. There we go. Okay, you hadn't 
thought about people or people hadn't shown up on your radar, you know, like uh, that guy from Bridgerton or J. Jean Page. Like, I didn't know who the fuck that was until Bridgerton came out. Mm-hmm. So do the, did the producers know who this guy is? Um, Henry Golding, you know, Alpha Crazy Rich Asians. Of course, he did Snake Eyes, which wasn't that well received. So that's a possibility. It's British dude. You go Asian, British guy. You can go with an Asian black guy. with and there's. I'm sorry, not a British black guy. So there's a lot of places you can go um, with this character. Are you going to make it a woman? You know, there's a lot of people have been clamoring for mm-hmm. a female James Bond. But I, you know, I, I don't think that works to be. Could you have a super spy who's Jane Bond or something? Sure. But like, I just, I think it's okay for James Bond to be male, you know, and, and let it be that. And yeah you know go forward with it it doesn't mean you can't have because there's a very strong female presence in this movie so it doesn't mean you can't have that as well it just you know it's just there's some characters that should just stay what they're you can mess with the i think you can mess with the ethnicity of the character for sure but i don't think this character in particular you need to like like batman i don't want to see female batman we have batwoman batgirl we have different versions yeah. of batman in female form we don't need a necessarily a batman as a woman so to me that those are the things that kind of i don't necessarily want to see you know not that i'd be against i, it, I agree i, see I it, agree you know? yeah i wouldn't be against it either but at the same mm. time I, in my head he's a dude yeah yeah there's been yeah. 25 films it's like it's been firmly established based upon books before that yeah um just he's a dude yeah I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Sorry, go it, ahead. Well, no, I'm just saying everything that you said. I I don't care if we futz around with other aspects of it, but I really genuinely think that yeah. that should be a dude. just like I think Indiana Jones to me is a dude. That's it's a dude. dude, even though there's only three move or four movies, but that that right. that's a dude, right? Um, whereas actually, you could sell me on a female Han Solo. Ooh, you could. Yeah, like his daughter or something like that. Yeah, or something, or just yeah. another smuggler, and this one just happens to be female. And it's the same type of you need yeah. that mentality that shoot first kind of mentality i could see that i could definitely see that um yeah anyway that's but <laughs> so daniel craig gets his ride off into the sunset yeah and uh yeah we got the topic because months ago one of our patrons said and hey what about bond villains and we're like yeah. how do we do that when it gets closer to actual bond time right um so we've been sitting on this show for since the beginning of summer yeah Top uh, 10 great bond suggestion villains. yeah absolutely yeah a um, lot to explore because there's a unless lot of- it got pushed again but <laughs> that was my fear too i know <laughs> trust me man i, I want to like, do this oh, but God. they keep pushing it yeah. and pushing it and on some level i'm even surprised that it's coming out now i guess they don't they can't sit on it forever right right um and because they got bought by amazon the producers are saying that they will still have theatrical releases for bonds going forward this isn't going to a streaming yes type of thing I mean, they had sent like what a they had pitched a six hundred million dollar amount to Amazon Prime to put it on, um, put it on streaming, mm-hmm. but they turned it down, and I think they smartly turned it down after having seen the movie because I think the movie is going to make a crap ton of money. Do I think it'll cross a billion in a pandemic? I don't think so, but I think it's going to make a crap ton of money. So it was worth the wait. It's definitely a big screen adventure and the scope of it is incredible. So that's right. I should hope so. Yeah. Go out with a bang. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
looking forward to it. Yeah, so he sent in this topic. And we we're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's sit down and talk. There's 25 movies to choose from. Yeah, a lot of um, Yeah, characters galore. Mm-hmm. I limited to one from a film. Yeah, I think I pretty much did that. I think so too. Just I wanted to cheat. Yeah, for two specific characters, but I did not. So, one there's a chance I think you had the other one no chance. Okay. Um, no chance. No chance. No dice. No dice. No dice. <laughs> so you're back in San Diego today, I see. I am. Yeah, I'm back in San Diego. Last week was rough. <laughs> pumpkins, man. It was. I, it's just not, and, and there's no offense to um, the awesome lady who let us stay at her place, at her of course. Uh, mom's place. She's very kind and gracious to let us stay there, but it was not conducive to what I need to what I need for what I'm doing. And so, um, my girlfriend is in two minds right now because she's um, going to have to do it for the next few weeks, mm-hmm. and so I think I'm going to have to come up every other week just to keep her company and just to be there. Cause she gets nervous in the house. The other option we're looking at Matt is just taking a little bit of a financial hit and just like getting a hotel room for two or three nights, you know, driving up Wednesday morning, staying through Friday. So we're only paying for two nights, but at least we have a hotel and while she goes off to work, I can work in the hotel and I can set up my stuff real easily in a hotel. It's actually better for me in a hotel than it was in that house. Uh, Cause I did that when we went up to Madeira and it was actually really easy. So, mm-hmm. but it's also forced me to kind of look at the possibility of buying some desk lights so that the travel is quick, so everything in a bag, boom, in and out, you know, yeah. that's something that I've also been looking at and it's kind of motivated me. So, you know, you have to look at the positive and things. And if sometimes the experience isn't the best, you got to take the positives out of that experience yeah. and see if you can learn something. You learn something from it. Perhaps you'll be able to put those skills to future use on something Mm. else. Or if you're traveling somewhere, you know, whatever you took a vacation, but you can still check in, do the shows. You got this little case that you can take with, uh, but yeah, Yeah. maybe, maybe hotel room is the way to go. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're looking at it or a, or a bed and breakfast or B and B or the B and B, maybe an Airbnb grabbing that for a monthly, amount and then we'll just cover just it'll just be what we an expense for that month and we'll just find a way to kind of make up that expense down the road mm. so that's a possibility that we're looking at the, so I, we'll see the only downside to a and b is the bed to me because you yeah. need a crap shoot every fucking time yeah you're right about that you're right uh, about that everything else i prefer a b and b just it's a, a homier atmosphere you don't feel like you're in a hotel at all like you're staying you just staying somewhere different so to speak uh right. but the bed you never have any fucking clue what it's going to be like <laughs> so true man. yeah it sucks i've been screwed a couple times on that oh really oh, yeah God. we went out and bought air mattresses once on a trip oh uh, shit because the bed was so dog shit right right uh i tried to neither of us could sleep the first night and then the second night uh i think we both ended up getting a couple hours and day three wow. we're like this is nuts let's just go we had other things to do that day, but like, let's go find a fucking sporting goods store yeah. and buy a couple air mattresses. It was exactly what we did. It was brutal. Yeah. yeah, we've got a queen one and we brought it up, but we were able to make do with the bed. Like I was able to sleep on the bed. She has trouble with the bed because like we're, she has trouble. She, she's so used to the bed we bought when we first moved in mm-hmm. that now like any regular bed is like uh, I move around and she can feel it. 
you know what I'm yeah. saying? So she's not as comfortable sleeping. And by the way, paying off that bed's gonna it's two years of payments to pay off that bed. So but it's worth it. It's so fucking worth it, you know. Yeah. We both sleep so well on that. I can't stress this to people enough who are listening or watching us. A good bed is worth the investment. Oh, yeah. And and you can pay, you can do down payments. If your credit is somewhat decent, most places will be. I mean, my credit's not great, but it's good enough. And most piece may, most places will be able to set it up for you. And if you can commit to a payment every month, you'll get that bed immediately. Just get it automatically taken out of your account every month. So you don't have to fucking worry about it and pay it off because it is worth it, worth it, worth it. I've never slept better than I have over the last year with the bed that we bought, you know? I remember the first time I bought like an $800 bed mm. uh, and I've only bought a couple, but yeah, like in my mid twenties and I finally got rid of all the terrible beds I'd had of my life and I got a good one. I finally paid for a good one yeah. and it made such an incredible, I loved sleeping on that. I was so excited. It made me happy for months on end. Yeah. And then uh, I kept that thing for like eight years. Wow. Yeah. I used it until, it could have it could have kept going, but it's you know what eight solid years ish out of this. That's good. Eight years is good. Yeah, and then bought yeah. another uh, yeah. nice bed, and uh, if I can, I'll buy another. It's a it's worth every penny. Yeah, yeah. the The weird reason, the weird thing happens now with with her because we haven't been away from each other in a very long time. So it's like when it happened two weeks ago, it's very strange. Like I would stay up till one thirty in the morning and whatever. Now what I'm discovering is that when she's up, I'm up, and it motivates me to get to work. When she's not around, I sometimes can lie in bed till like 10 o'clock, just like looking up stuff, reading stuff, whatever. And next thing you know, I'm like, I got to drop a video. I got to put something up on the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and I'm like dragging ass to make it happen. And so it's super frustrating. But when she's around, I have parameters and because she's working, it motivates me to work. So it's like I've discovered that this is an issue that I've I had unknowingly become codependent on her ability to motivate me to get out of bed and work. Just not anything she says, just her overall need to be up and be on that computer by eight 30 in the morning to work. So it's like, fuck, I gotta, you know, I gotta work on that in myself. Like when she does go away, I've got to be able to be like, okay, you want to bed at this time, get up at this time, get the fuck out of bed and get in the shower, go do this shit. Yeah. So I had no idea how much that had disrupted me until this morning. Like, uh, you know, I was like, what the fuck go, so anyway, I know those days where you can't self-motivate to get going. It's like, come on, you know, you should be up, but it just feels so good to sit there. I do the same thing some mornings it's true. And on my phone for 45 minutes for no right. fucking reason. No fucking reason. No reason whatsoever. I can easily because what oh, my morning routine is get up. I make a protein shake and coffee mm. and I sit down on the computer and I read the news. Yes. And that's Ditto. what I do with my mornings. Ditto. But instead, I'm like extending it by 45 minutes in the bed scrolling through twitter and washington post and other shit yep uh it's just to come downstairs and do my normal routine but i just added 45 minutes to it for no fucking reason yeah yeah other than i'm just lazy as shit today apparently yeah it's worse because then then everything gets pushed back do you know what i'm saying i love the days when i get up at seven and i'm like ready to go i can knock out so many things and then there are days you wake up and you're just like ah fucking hell i just want to lay here or i'm just gonna read and next thing you know the time is gone I don't wake up at seven, so congratulations yeah. to you. I wake up at ten. That's when I wake up. It's ten o'clock every day. Ten to ten thirty. If I sleep later than that, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> but I don't go to bed like last night I didn't fall asleep till three thirty. Wow. Yeah, I can't do that anymore, man. I have to go to bed by twelve or else I'm I'm a fucking wreck the next day. 
No, I don't. I won't fall asleep before then. Wow. But I mean, that's that's uh, on the later end of the spectrum. The yeah. earliest in the spectrum is about one thirty to two. But that's right. my range. I fall asleep then. Yeah. I stayed up the last two nights watching The Irishman. I just put it on. I've been watching Soprano shit because of the Many Saints of Newark stuff. And because uh, they've been showing them on HBO Max, I've been rewatching mm-hmm. some of this. And all of a sudden, I was just in a mood. I was like flipping the, through the streams, the streaming services. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Irish. Ah, fuck it. I'll put it on. See if it's any good. Like I remember it being. And sure enough, man, sucked into the first hour and 45 minutes or hour or two hours. And then last night, the last hour and 48. I forget how fucking long that movie is. There is a lot that you can cut out of that movie. It did not have to be that long. And rewatching it this time, I was like, that whole scene could be that whole scene could be cut. It doesn't sure. add anything other than atmosphere to the movie. Yeah. So, but it's a it's a it's a good fucking movie. I don't care what he makes fun of the rain the the length of it, and of course you can make fun of De Niro and the de aging. Yeah, yeah, that is bad. No denying that there are moments where that is bad. But overall, I think it's a fucking excellent movie. Especially those scenes between De Niro and Pesci, or De Niro and Pacino. Those are my god. Those are great, dude. Pesci steals the movie for me. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Pesci he's he's so my favorite good. part of it. I mean, uh, talk about a guy who wasn't, who didn't get his ass kissed the way that Pacino and De Niro did. He's one of the greatest actors ever. That fucker owns every scene with those guys. Every scene from any movie that Pesci is in with De Niro or Pacino, he owns oh, the scenes. Because we, uh, you know, I put Leo Getz on my list last week. Mm-hmm. I watched Lethal Weapon 2 since then because I had. Oh, more- did you? Yeah, because I was like, you know what? I'm in a Leo Getz kind of mood. And the way I remember them like pushing him around. Oh, yeah. But in this in these scenes, you're looking at it now in hindsight and be like, it's Joe fucking Pesci. And they yep. know it. And yet they're still like, shut up, like doing a Three Stooges whoop, 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 and slapping him around like over and over and over again. Yep. And it's Joe Pesci is that's how good an actor is. He realizes it's in service of the character and the story. Yeah. So he needs to and just take it and smile and come back because he just wants to be loved so much. It's fucking, it is so impressive to watch, to know, it is, man. you know, he had been in Raging Bull. Right. Uh, and they knew that. And, fucking uh, Casino. Oh, you casino mean at the time. After. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. At the time. Right. Raging Bull. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But just Joe Pesci was Joe Pesci. Right. Um, And I think think isn't goodfellas right after this yeah 91 is goodfellas yeah i think and um or 92 is what 89 yeah i think lethal weapon 2 is right around that yeah, i'll look it up remember patsy kensett in lethal weapon 2 the blonde she's still working oh the female yeah i saw her in the second season of that mcdonald mcdonald and dodds show that's uh, the, the detective show with the female black detective and the older white detective no that's clue a- uh, you haven't seen? Oh, it's on Brit. Never Box. heard. Very of it. funny. Very funny show. It's okay. Second season just finished. Interesting. Each each episode's an hour and a half episode. Um, and she was in one of them, and I was like, "Holy shit, Patsy Kensett! Haven't seen her in forever. Still looking damn good." You know. So, oh, I'm sure she's an attractive woman. She is very much so. Now remember that movie. Man, that movie is so fucking good. I mean, to rival the first one, it is absolutely on par with the first one you could argue those are the considered to two of the best one two punches in a series to start off a series mm-hmm. ever any franchise yeah if you somehow 
sold me on they would do one today, even though Mel is old as hell and Danny is old as hell. <laughs> I just want to see them back again. Yeah, but I mean, Danny was getting too old for this shit in 1987. Yeah, that's true. So, and two came out in 89. Right. So yeah, Goodfellas comes after. Uh, but anyway, neither here nor there. I digress, mm-hmm. but it was good. If you've never seen yeah. the weapon two, go check it out. Definitely. Diplomatic immunity. Uh, anyway, all right. We should get into our list here. We're doing the top 10 Bond villains. We're going to break this thing down. If Mike Kalinowski happens to be listening to this, apologies on our end uh, if we've if you're insulted by our rankings. Ah. If any of you hardcore Bond fans are Go look in a mirror, you <laughs> handsome fuck. <laughs> yeah, you don't like our list. Just shut up and go stare at yourself in the mirror. Jerk. There you go. You jerk. Jerk. Good looking <laughs> and nice. Where do yeah. you get off, you fucking <laughs> asshole? You bastard. Yeah. Please be a prick. Makes it it makes it easier to dislike you. Oh, he's nice. <laughs> Fuck. Have you had him on your show? Have you had him on uh, the score? Show? Uh, I have not. I don't. You know, I've only met Mike like twice. Oh, okay. Nice enough guy. Maybe I will reach out. I have thought you about should. it, but it's just he like do I, it. I don't really know him. Um, oh, he's great. He would do it. Maybe put him up against his girl or against Chance. It'd be fun. Yeah, pleasant as can be. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Yeah. Uh yeah, so uh, we're doing Bond films or Bond villains. Yeah, Bond villains. Uh, thanks to, uh, I think it was, I'll look it up. I know we got the email. Lawrence Witt. Thank you, Lawrence. So he sent that back in uh, May or June. Yeah. And we were like, why don't we hold off on this? Oh, and before we get into it, the live shows for October are going to be the second Thursday and the third Thursday of the month because right. uh, my parents will be in town on the fourth Thursday. So John was nice enough to. Uh, shift his schedule to uh, accommodate. My parents said thank you. And, Welcome uh, to them. More than happy to do it. Uh, to our patrons, uh, please join us on the second and third. And this is a patron suggestion. We've been on a run of these. Yes. Uh, our patrons have been killing it. Yeah. Great um, suggestions. I know. I At first, I was like, oh, we should, uh, you know, uh, kind of try like hold on to them or whatnot, but it's like when yeah. you get these good one after good one after good one, it's like ah, oh, that sounds like a better topic than anything we can come up with for next week or the next <laughs> two weeks. Like that's a really inventive, you know. Last week, so I just brought up with Leo Getz, but character to to that just jumps in a series after the first movie. It's like what a fun topic that I don't think either of us. I've never sniffed it and sniffed that mentally. No, no neither have I. Um, Mostly because I, I had at the before, when that topic was, I had not seen a lot of these Bond films, so I went back over because we had some time. Oh, when Lawrence, yeah, yeah, when Lawrence sent this. So I, I love that these um, topics challenges uh, challenge us to look at other things or look at films that we've been kind of holding off on or delaying in our own lives. So it's a great way, great excuse to do it, you know. Um, yeah, you had months to catch up and, and fill in yeah. whatever you hadn't seen, right? Uh and I'd, there's going to be some excluded from my list that okay. perhaps may make yours. Um, yeah. And obviously then by default, some things that make my list that would make yours, but yeah, uh, I, th- I know certain eras, you know, there's a wide enough uh, pool of movies to choose from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you can cherry pick quite a few villains from those. If you like a specific version of bond better and that resonates yeah. more with you, well then you might gravitate towards more of their uh, villains within that, that, sequence yeah of the actors run uh so there will be differences there but uh there's 
one in particular that I don't have a single one of his. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so Lawrence, thank you for uh, sending in the idea. We got your list. We'll read that at the end. And uh, we do the show. Uh, I got my list. He got. He has his. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do a bunch of movies. And you love them. And you listen along. And you enjoy. And we're going <laughs> to jump right in. Let's do my it. My 10. Yeah. Uh, is. So here's where I struggled where if I'm going to cheat, I wanted to put on from a second movie here. But I okay. honored it. So I said Le Chief from Casino Royale. Okay. Um, but that's I. A, okay. But oh, you that's what? a punt. It is a punt. It is a punt. Okay. For me, it's a punt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What were you going to finish saying? Sorry about that. Sometimes I cut you off. I don't know. I'm cutting you off. No, no, no. It's fine. Okay. What's your Uh, nine? My number nine is Jaws. Uh, That's a slight punt. Really? Yeah. Okay. What's your eight? Uh, My number eight is uh, from from Russia with Love, Red Grant. Yeah, that's my eight. Yeah. Robert Shaw. Uh, Bobby Shaw. So it's early in the iteration. We're still kind of Bobby Shaw. Yes. (laughs) Feeling out what a bond villain. Yeah. Kind of is. And he's a different aspect of it. You know, he is an, uh, an instrument of, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's specter in this one. I think it's another one. It's like Schmur or something. (laughs) (laughs) Something weird. But with those, it it is specter because he's trying to get revenge for what happened, but he plays like he's undercover doing different things. So it's easy what? to forget that he's a, a part of this, but he has, I think there's another thing that's involved here. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he, he was technically either subcontracted out. Yes. Sub, subconscious. Or, or yeah, yeah, he works for another agency, but that mm-hmm. agency is really, um, you know, uh, controlled by Spectre yeah. or something along those lines. It gets a little confusing. Mm-hmm. In my head after 25 movies. It's been a while since I've seen from <laughs> from Russia with love. But uh, Shaw just can command a scene oh so well. So good, dude. Yeah, just with that strong chin and those eyes and just stare at you. And you're kind of like you're frozen in your tracks. Yeah. And, you know, in this era, the, the villains were kind of, they were hinted at being larger than life. Some of the, yeah. the background ones. But the meat and potatoes that I recall at least running into were it's here's bond. Who's a man versus another man, as opposed to an evil genius with a master plan that he's been working on for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and the, just kind of the tete a tete, you know, uh, the big scene is them in the train car. I think it is right. Right. With the briefcase that has been booby trapped by Q (laughs) and bond gets grant to fall for it. But it's nice. It's like a, what is this? The first or second movie? Second movie, yeah. Right. Second movie, Doctor yeah. Man. And we're not counting the uh, the previous spoofy comedic version. Oh, right, the Casino Royale one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Woody was Allen that Lazenby? No, no, no. Honor Majesty's Secret Service is what you're talking about. That's sixty nine. Okay. Um, that's a little bit later on. I think it's sixty nine. It's a little bit later on in the process. But the there was a Casino Royale. That's what it was. Because yeah, with like yeah. Oliver Wells. Yeah, yeah. We, and. We, uh, yeah. Peter Sellers and the uh, Woody Allen's even in uh, Orson Welles, I think is in it. Yeah. 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 David Niven is in that one. Um, yeah. Ursula Andres. Yeah. It's weird. Weird. John Houston is in that as well. So. It's just a, a collective comedic cast. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Which is yeah. an interesting take. I mean, we've revisited Austin powers. 
It is. I, I like the Austin Powers, though, better. I do, oh, yeah. I the humor's funnier. Well, I've never seen the other one all the way through. Oh, you, just seen, oh okay. Yeah. Like the big cacophonous scene when they're in the casino and whatnot. And things right. are just going, you know, bananas. Yeah. Uh, maybe something else, but I know I've seen that. The other thing about Red Grant is he's one of those rare Bond villains that can actually go toe-to-toe in terms of intelligence with Bond. Like, he deceives Bond a couple of times throughout this movie, and mm. um, he's imposing. And, you know, Connery is at his prime as a young actor. So him, you know, him and uh, um, Robert Shaw are just both in the perfect time to be uh, opposite each other in a film uh, as a villain and a hero. And it's great to watch their interactions and their back and forth. And that fight on the train, of course, uh, was used again in Spectre with Batista and uh, and um, Daniel Craig fighting on the train, which I thought was badass. So to mm. see that homage of it in Spectre, this is the original one, is great. And you know, Robert Shaw is ruthless in the movie. I mean, what he does to Bond's love interest, what he does. Um, mm, she's a Bond. Yeah, exactly. And so he's got no problem with it and is kills his uh, friend. So he's just like ruthless son of a bitch trying to get to it. So I, I like that he's uh, every match, every, sorry, every way he's an equal to Bond, except Bond is just that little half a step smarter in, in a critical moment or two, which is how he gets out of it. So that's why I like him so much. Uh, all right. Well, that was uh, my number eight. So what do you got a 10? My 10 is Mr. Big, Yafet Kodo. Go for it. I struggle because there's like three dudes in this that I wanted to put in and none of right. them really elevated above, but go ahead. Right. Right. I, I mean, I, he's in live and let die uh, for those of you who may not know that. And I, I, I enjoy, and look, that film is tough to watch now because a lot of the, there's a lot of racism in that film or it, whatever unconscious racism or obvious racism. Either way, it's a bit of a, a easy approach to some of the stuff in new Orleans and all the stuff that they're showing there. But I think Yafet Kota does a fantastic job as Mr. Big. He Once again, this is a guy who is every bit Bond's equal in terms of physical strength, in terms of intelligence and mind. And he does a great job of really intimidating Bond throughout the movie. Um, and it's, the, it's still to date the only black villain, I think, in a Bond movie. And this is, you know, I think back in the 60s. So pretty incredible mm-hmm. to see him. Being able to, or is it seven early seventies? I think maybe it's I early. I think 70s. it's early seventies. My bad, my bad. Because it's got a seventies vibe to it. At nineteen seventy-three. Sorry about that. Seventy-three. Yeah. So he's part of that, but he's and he's so charming and confident and charismatic throughout the movie. Um, so when he's going forward with some of the ruthless things that he's doing, I'm a thousand percent on board with seeing what Yafed Kodo can do, who's one of the most underappreciated actors slash black actors in a subset uh, that we've ever seen. He is always great in everything is in drama or comedy um, or lighthearted stuff. He's fantastic. So to see him in the, in this bond movie, I thought was a nice surprise right as he's coming into his own himself as an actor uh, on screen. Yeah. Great choice. I just don't, that's one of the ones I don't go back to rewatch. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's a tough watch, but I think he's great in the movie. So that's why I had to put it on the list. Yeah, there's some Roger Moore's that I love, and there's mm-hmm. some Roger Moore's that I Oof. go from don't like to openly not hate. I don't hate any Bond movie, but it's right. just like I'll watch 
fucking 18 others before I watch this. Yeah. Like even Quantum of Solace. Look, I know a lot of people bash Quantum of Solace. There are some good scenes in Quantum of Solace. I, I don't think there's a full-on bad Bond. Maybe View to a Kill is the closest you get to a bad Bond movie. But even that one has its defenders for its cheesiness or its campiness yeah. from the 80s. It's pretty great. With, with uh, Christopher Walken. And, and, it's pretty uh, great. Yeah. Grace Kelly. Or not Grace Kelly. Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Yeah. Grace Kelly. <laughs> Same, the same difference. Sure, totally. Both, yeah, uh, both models. interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the closest, you know. And so I, I would say that there's there's still redeemable. Quantum stuff. of Solace is just boring. I think that's the thing. But it's it's really well shot. It's sure, it's beautiful to look at, but it's just yeah. dull. Yeah, I know. Um, I was mad because it has a it has a Bolivian subplot. So I was really fucking mad that it was not that good. You know. Um, it does have. One of my favorite, but South American. I don't know if he's South American yeah. or he's Mexican, the but actor. the villain in that, yeah. yeah. I loved him on Narcos. I was excited when he was in Suicide Squad. Yeah. I, li- I like that dude a lot. I think he just has an easy, casual menace, which is yeah. tough to do. Yeah. Um, so I was happy to see him in Suicide Squad. I've always, I've always liked that guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, this movie's not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so then my number nine, we're going back to the first Bond film, Dr. No. That's my nine. That is an ever so slight punt. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and as we said, my eight is Red Grant. So, Matt Nost, what is your seven? Well, I forgot that your eight was Red Grant. So, my seven is Dr. No. All right, perfect. Let's He's got metal hands. Hey, something happened to my hands. Uh, the radioactivity or something. And they just, yeah. like frostbite, they just had to. Cut off the hands, apparently. I don't know that aspect of it. His experiments came back to bite him in the hands instead yeah. of in the ass. But I love that the you know he's part of Spectre, and Spectre's big plan is to kind of well, they jam the mercury mm. uh, launches and whatnot just to show the world how much power they really have, and that's the extent of the evil plan. Yeah, if memory serves. Once again, it's been a while, but I remember it's just like hold on, so they're just delaying this launch. That's all they're doing. Right. Right. Uh, but great villain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got the cool layer to master plan kind of start setting the stage for a stage rather for the, a lot of the tropes that you yeah. get from bond villains. And then also yeah. these big architect architect villains. It's uh, a great point. Yeah, Cause you, you can go back and watch this in 2021, Matt and be like, he gives away the whole, uh, what he's going to do, you know? And you mm-hmm. like, you remember that people have made fun of that. Well, they've made fun of it because it was kind of new and interesting in 1962. Yeah. When Dr. No came out, like, well, oh, cool. This is interesting. Yeah. Criminal, evil, genius mastermind didn't really exist in movies like this. Yeah. yeah. At least that I had seen going back. Uh, so to over-explain their plot is really to help the audience of why this dude is so kind of menacing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, and, yeah. And, and, and like the, the motivation here is he's been rejected by the United States and rejected by Russia or the Soviet Union. So he's going to build his own thing. He's going to do his own thing. And, uh, you know, as you said, that's an archetype of the villain who is spurned and wants to prove something and wants to carry out vengeance uh, on Bond and anyone in his way. Um, and I thought uh, uh, Joseph Weissman, who plays him, uh, does a fantastic job with this. And, and there's more depth to what could have easily been a one-note villain. Easily could have been a one-note villain. There are there are some great acting going on with him and the exchanges with uh, Sean Connery yeah. that I really like. So yeah, 
I want to see this character come back. <laughs> yeah. Unlike a lot of other Bond villains that I think are just kind of like, it's perfect for the, the I mean, the, with the stupid metal hands. Right. It seems tailor-made of why not. Like Jaws, I think, is of the moment. And I don't think you could ever re- replicate that in a million years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the simplicity, just give it a different reason as to why like some quantum computing error, which doesn't make any sense, but the quantum state took my hands and like, okay. <laughs> for, um, just something stupid. Although Bond doesn't really go that hyperbolic anymore. Yeah. Uh, if we were still in the Pierce Brosnan era, I think there's a chance of something like that. True. But yeah, did, what you brought up, all the things that we make fun of, it kind of starts here. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta learn from somewhere. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so it's, part of the overall tapestry of why bond evolved into something that I enjoy. It's like, well, here's part of the shoulders that they're standing on to make what they have today. Yeah. Very true. Um, all right. So what's your six? My six is Goldfinger. What? Punt. Goldfinger. Jesus Christ. Well, is he that menacing? (laughs) You know what? Do you know what I mean? Is he? It's got the laser that's super slow. It's got freaking lasers. <laughs> Biggest thing about him is he looks like he's a golf cheat. You know, that's how dare you. How one dare of the shittier you. things about him. All right. We'll get into it. We'll get, get into it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, my seven is the punt from earlier for you. Jaws. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I look, Richard Keel is just so good in this role. And of course he's not the main villain in any no. of these films, but He's the one guy that didn't get in trouble in real life. So I'm going to choose this henchman uh, over the that, other henchman that I would have normally it, chosen. So the henchman that got in trouble was the. Oh, dude sorry. It was yeah, meant sorry. to be Oddjob in Austin Powers. Yeah, right, right. My apologies. Yeah, I just. That I, dude. I, yeah, that dude. My apologies. But like the connection there, I just. It made me kind of push that. Uh, I thought about Oddjob as well. I wanted yeah. to, but Jaws is such a. Literally, I mean, the, the character is metal teeth and yet it works. It does. Well, he fights a tiger shark in The Spy yeah. Who Loved Me. He he gets into it with Bond. And look, I'm going to use The Spy Who Loved Me, but the overall arc of the Moonraker is on. fucking great. I mean, he he ends up becoming like kind of almost respectful friendship with Bond by the end of Moonraker when he tells him that Drax is trying to kill him and then actually falls in love as well, uh, which helps him help uh, Bond um and dolly uh, uh, get out of that situation so i mean to me that that's the thing that i enjoy about him is he starts out as a pretty ruthless scary intimidating villain um and he frustrated by the fact that he can't kill bond and they stretch him out into uh, moonraker and apparently he was supposed to be uh, uh coming back as well and for your eyes only but then they rewrote it and moved him out of there but He's great with the screen time that he has. He's not the head of anything, no. but he certainly is a henchman, very memorable and very intimidating. And I well, like that. Almost all henchmen, even when they try and push him to the front, are somewhat forgettable. Yeah, true. Every once in a while, they're uh, guys that pop off, um, yes. that really jump off the screen and be like, oh, that, this person's excellent in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but more often than not, they're getting overshadowed or they're deliberately made to kind of blend in and not be the focus yeah. because uh, we want to pay attention to Bond and the actual villain. Uh, and Jaws is just such a great foil. Like, I guess the modern version would be Bobon in The Last John Wick, 
where they just have oh, this big, yeah. huge, lumbering dude. If they brought Boban back for like John Wick 5, yeah. hyperbolic flux, or whatever the <laughs> fuck they're going to call it at that point. Um, I'm down with that, hyperbolic yeah. flux. I like that. <laughs> Dual realities. Right, right. Do whatever rejected Jean-Claude Van Damme name that they've fucking <laughs> Skrillexed up, you know? Uh, How dare you? Oh no! I'm look. I'm a fan of the series. I think the names are oh, a bit okay. much. Well, yeah. But two's, two's okay. Two's two's whatever. Yeah, true. I don't true. care if I ever see that one again. <laughs> but that being said, uh, also iconic within the series too. Oh yeah, most definitely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think to anybody our age. And older, if you just showed them a picture of Jaws, more often than not, they'd be able to tell you the character's name is Jaws. Right, right. And that's a hell of a thing to be able to, you know, when people say Jaws, there are two things they think about. It's either the movie or your character. So that's a hell of a thing to establish. Um, You could have easily been buried by the movie, but you're such a memorable character that people always remember that your name is the same, but also different um, in recollection. And Richard Keel did a great job. And he's come back and, like, I think he did it in Inspector Gadget as a fun little one-off with uh, Roderick, which I thought was funny. So The big menacing guy in uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, he's great. Hands in the crowd. Movie. Gets the nail to the head. <laughs> he's great in Happy Gilmore, dude. <laughs> and that was, so, I yeah. remember watching it uh, in the theater going, oh, shit, the dude from Bond. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Like, I was happy for that guy to see him again and uh to know that more than likely Adam Sandler is a fan of those movies. Oh, I'm it's sure. Like, it's yeah. a great little, hey, this dude is awesome. Let's just put him in here for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Could have cast anybody in this role, and he's perfect. I wonder if they ever did a documentary on that guy, because he seems it. like he'd be an interesting cat to do a documentary on. So I think he passed away. Um, I'm pretty sure ago. anybody that yeah. big uh, typically don't have that long a lifespan. Yeah, he died in 2014, 74 years old. He's from Detroit. 74, oh. though. That's old for a yeah. man of his size. Yeah. Really? I always thought he was British for some reason. No, no. He's fucking from Detroit, Michigan, from 8 Mile. I'm just joking. I don't know if he's from 8 Mile, but he's from Detroit, Michigan. So, yeah. He had a voice entangled. Cool. And, uh, and, um, what was the other thing? It was in Pale Rider. I remember him in Pale Rider, the Western with uh Oh, Clint the Clint Eastwood? Eastwood? Yeah, I remember okay. him in Pale Rider. That's right. It's a big guy in Pale Rider. Yeah, so not not a lot of work, but certainly a memorable cat. So I'm sure he funded himself like going to those conventions and shit like that. So pretty awesome stuff. Um, all right. Uh, what's your six? We're up to your six, right? That is correct. Uh, my Oh, no, we already did my six. That was it, your seven. Oh, that was your punt? Okay. What's your six? Oh, right. So now my six is uh, Blofeld, the Donald Pleasance version of Blofeld. But uh, that's a punt. Okay. All that's right. a punt. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, before we get into our top fives, Matt, we should take a, a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And we'll be back with uh, Matt Nose kicking off our top five um, right after this. All right. Welcome back to our top 10 Bond villains list here on the top 10 show. Matt knows kicking us off as we go into our top fives here. Where, where, where shall we go? Where are we going? Number five. I've got Fran Sanchez from license to kill. Oh God. Go ahead. You take that one. I Oof. wanted to, to get Wayne Newton. 
<laughs> if I'm if I was ever going to violate the two for one movie, it was yeah. going to be for Wayne. I really wanted to put him instead of Lashif. Um, but Lashif is more of a villain. Yes. Wayne is the front of the money laundering and basically just another aspect of this overall yeah. Hollywood talking about televangelism and, and whatnot, getting money over the air from poor people in essence, uh, which is villainous, but it doesn't for the overall mm-hmm. uh, Davi as the drug dealer who figures out how to basically dissolve cocaine into gas and yeah. then pull it back out afterwards, which is a great scheme. Mm-hmm. But Bond has only shown up there because his friend got killed by Davi. Right. And then now he is going rogue from MI6 <laughs> and just going to fucking go roadhouse on this cartel. He uh, got fed to the sharks. Didn't his friend get fed to the sharks or something like that? Yeah, he got fed to the sharks. And then the That's dude right. that did the feeding, <laughs> Bond planted money on him. Yeah. And uh, Sanchez <laughs> throws him into that decompression ta- chamber and he blows up. It's the guy that's the basically the mayor or whatever of uh, the Matrix, the underground Zion. Oh, that's the guy. Oh, wow. yeah. When okay. he's talking to him, being like, look at all these machines. Oh. I don't know what they do. And you're like, I, I get the metaphor. <laughs> oh, that guy. That um, guy. Anthony Zerby. That's his name. And you're retiring. No <laughs> Dude, could they have a seniors league? First of all, I'm just saying you bring back some of the aspects you love. You just do it with your friends, guys you've been on tour with for a decade. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of conversations about a possibly a, 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 a not a seniors tour, a legends tour, legends, legends tour. tour. Nice. Nice. I like nice. that much more. Nice. Uh, I I would be tempted to come back for a legends tour because who doesn't want to be fucking called a legend? That's right. Uh, <laughs> here he is, a legend with a record of eight and six. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I don't know how many fucking matches I had. Anyway, uh, well, legends doesn't mean record; it means impact on the game or memorable. And you would, I think, would qualify. Well, we won a title, so you qualify. We, we won a title. You we won a title. We did win a title. Um, and then a blind guest took that title away. God damn it! This motherfuckers still, were going with the wrong answer before that too. I still regret. I should. I was nervous that game, and I should have taken the initiative. Been like Matt, you take the two, I'll take the three. I should have done that. We. I don't won. even remember what the questions were. It was a Magnolia question, the third one. Oh, uh, I remember the three pointer, and you missed it, and I was like, "Fuck, we would have, I would have gotten it." If it's any no other problem. Paul Thomas Anderson, but I'm not going back for Magnolia. I've yeah. seen it once. I didn't. Any other Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, I've watched him backwards and forwards. So you got to be Jordan. If you're Jordan, you got to be. You got to want to take the last shot. You got to want to take the last shot. And I kind of, in that moment, I just kind of deferred to you, and I should have been like, "No." We're gonna live or breathe on whether I can get this answer right or not. So, but anyway, you know, you were you you've answered you answered so many great questions that kept us alive in matches. So, hey, who cares? <laughs> right, we start. don't worry about that on the Legends tour. That's true. That's true. We don't care about that. Um, well, I'm gonna come out with a competing. that's all elite Legends tour. <laughs> AEL, the AEL. Uh huh. And uh, it's gonna be for the real movie trivia fans. Well, Snyder retired too, so. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Although he might be moving back, according to Josh, JTE. Oh, yeah? That he might yeah. come back to LA again? 
Well, I talked to, so I saw Josh and I told him, I was like, dude, I can't believe, you know, yeah. Snydado. That's what I call him in my head, by the way. That's the name <laughs> I made up. I've never called him that to his face. Snydado. I like it though. Snydado. Um, and, he, and he was like, what? And then he left. And the next, next week I saw him again and he was like, yeah, pretty sure he's coming back eventually. I'm like, wow. oh, well, this yeah. motherfucker was acting like he was going to the new world on a ship and we were never going to see him again. Like. He's not in the potato is. famine. Jeff's so super dramatic about everything. You know how he is. Oh, I fucking that text was <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah, the all elite legends. Do it's it. It's going to be pretty fucking sweet, dude. The pyro budget alone is one third of our overall. Wow. It's going to be a lot. I got a cod piece made that just fires off Roman candles plus like sparklers. And it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> And not any no way, shape, or form is this phallic. Uh okay, David Bowie. Okay. So but Sanchez, I like that it's a departure for Bond. I've always had a soft spot for Tim Dalton's two Bond movies. This is my favorite of the two. Uh it's the best one of the two for sure. Uh, yeah, I think it's the most engaging. Yeah. Um, and it's got the most fun overall. So I've always I've always loved this. I struggled to not put it higher. I wanted to put it higher, but I was like, eh, let's not, let's be perfectly honest here. <laughs> Robert Davi, you were going to put Robert Davi higher on your list. You're insane. Yeah. Oh, so man. good in this movie. You're so good. It's so insane. Uh, all right. All right. Well, that was my five. What do you got? Okay. Uh, my five is um, Scaramanga. Christopher Lee. Is that a that punt? That is a punt. Okay, all right. What's your so four then? My four is uh, the one you were making fun of in the not so distant past, sure. which is Max Zorn, Christopher wow. Walken. Uh, what is happening? What is I happening? I was. What year did that come out? Eighty five. Yeah, sure, sure. That could have been the first Bond movie I saw. That makes sense, actually. I saw it in the theater, and Rage. I fucking loved it. And it was part of a run of Grace Jones was in my life for a very short period of time. That's true. Heavily though, like in all kinds of things that I ended up seeing, I never understood it as a kid. Right. Uh, But whatever, to each their own. Like, I'm glad (laughs) she got the work. Yeah. The weirdest was boomerang seeing her in that. Oh yeah, that's right. That was probably the tail end of where she was booking things. It was that, that was the literal tale of that comment. Right. Um, I agree with that. But I, I, the plot of detonating bombs on the fault line to push California out into the ocean to turn this desert land that he owns all of into the new Silicon Valley right. is fantastic. What a great, over-the-top, mad scientist, not trying to take over the world, just right. trying to set up his own little, like, a, he's going to be... The, the king shit of this new Silicon Valley. Yeah. Nothing to say it's, uh you know, all the brain power that you lost by cleaving off <laughs> Palo Alto and everything else and sending them to their demise. You're going to have to replace all those. Yeah. But this big, huge plan. And as a kid, I was like, oh, shit, that seems like it could work. <laughs> I thought that was pretty brilliant when... I was like five or six watching this. I was like, that is uh, genius. You probably totally could do that. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, that's I didn't know how tectonic plates worked. <laughs> so it seems like legit if you put it on, it's like, oh, there's a fault line here. And uh, the fact that lift. you can control a fault line like that. No, I'm, I'm five or six. <laughs> like course, it seems of course, legit. Of course, of course. You know, the stupidity of children. Uh, uh. But I saw it at an impressionable enough age that mm, I'm a big fan. I am a big fan. This is when I knew it was over for Roger Moore. This movie, I was like, "Yeah, they've gone as far into the cheesy side of this that they can go with this one." So they're gonna. Ah, uh, see, I think he changes. He had already done that and like living like die to me. Oh, it really? Oh. So over the top. Moonraker's over the top. Jesus Moonraker Christ. is the most. Yeah. By far, it's yeah. ridiculous. Moonraker's nuts. I, I mean, don't even count that on some levels a Bond film. I mean, how does it occur to you in your mind to go, "Let's have a Bond film where he never drives a car." He's like, what the fuck? It's James Bond. You're going to put him out in space? Yeah. What's wrong with it's Jason in space? That's like so we've stupid. run out of fucking ideas. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this shit? It's like taking a movie that's predicated upon car chases and yeah. sending some of those characters to space, you know? Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> well, that a movie I haven't seen. The franchise I don't know isn't trying to get taken seriously like James Bond was. So yeah. That's it. a difference there. Family is always serious, John. Oh, no. yeah, clearly. <laughs> Family. It's always serious. Family. Um, okay. Anything more we want to say about this? <laughs> Other than it's magnificent. And if you've never seen it, you, I don't know if you'll like it or not. I, I have a distorted field of vision <laughs> on this movie. It's like kind of head tilt in the movie. Is great. Huh. Uh. But like, can you differentiate this from Max Shrink? Is there a difference for Max Shrek and Max Zorin? Oh, what from uh, Batman Returns? Yeah, is there a difference in the portrayal? Well, they both have what? Is he's in a super blonde in this movie? Yeah, yeah, but Max, well, Max, in, in he's white haired, but he's no, like I, calm, cool, and collected. In Batman Returns, he's white. Batman he's white-haired. Returns, he's white haired in Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah he's that's blonde in this one. Yeah, he's blonde in this. Well, he's Chris Walken in this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a mania to him where if you told me the backstory and the character as he does coke, right. I would kind of believe. Because uh, yeah. he seems so high strung at all times. But he's also, he's got that like horse racing thing on the side yeah, for some reason. Right. He's trying horse to fix racing. horse races. Right. Uh, he's just, he's he's reckless to a fault. Yeah. So his mania, for me, seems more believable within the context of the character. Whereas yeah. others are trying to be like calm, cool, and collected. He is prone to blowing up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love it. The stupid Zeppelin, right? The uh, fuck it. The the movie's pretty fantastic. But you've also, I mean, but you've also got like the one thing you will say that's a positive is Grace Jones. Like you have a female henchman in 1985. It's pretty badass. You yeah, know, you, you great name Mayday in 85. Yeah, Mayday. But you weren't having that day. Plus, you can argue it's in the top three of the best song, Bond songs. If you don't kill, a fucking oh, yeah. great song. I, I'm not going to die that. Yeah, I think it's there's basically four or five truly great Bond songs. Mm. Um, yeah. Skyfall, uh, yeah, Live and Let Die, good. Diamonds yeah. Are Forever. Yes. Um, and then A View to a Kill. You mm-hmm. could sell me on the writings on the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Sam Smith one. The Sam Smith, Spectre. that's a good one. I do like that one. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple others here and there. Just like, oh, yeah, that was a good one. But like the Chris Cornell for Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. Kind of a throwaway. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. The Alicia Keys, Jack White for Quantum of Solace. Nah, it's all right. That's all right. Yeah, it's all right. 
But the Billie Eilish one, I think this is, you know, like I said, I've seen the movie. I think this is some of the best opening credits I've seen in a bit. Mm. And actually, actually, I would take all of the Bond, Craig, Daniel Craig Bond opening credits and put them up against any other opening credits with Connery or Moore or Dalton or Pierce. I think these are the best that they've ever done. Just the uh, animation and the songs. Oh, yeah. The graphic design to tie in. And yes. Kinda, when yeah. you see the second time, you see all the illusions that they yeah. put into it. Yes. All the, um, yeah. Yeah. That's coming. Yeah. That you don't, you can't notice the first time through. You might be able to right. fixate on, you know, one or two of them, but they sprinkle in quite a few. Right. Uh, <sighs> wow. And Tanya Roberts was, a, was the hotness. She was hot back in 85. I remember thinking she, I saw that in a theater, Matt Vito Kill. And I remember thinking, my God, this woman is gorgeous. And she didn't do anything till what that 70s show? Yeah, that's right. That 70s show. Um, all right, so that's what where are we at? That was your that was my four. Okay. So we're at my four. So uh, that's yeah. the, the punt from earlier, the sheaf. That's what the sheaf that's my at four. I love what Mads Mickelson does in Casino Royale with this character. Love okay. it. He's so I just think Mads Mickelson is such a badass actor. So I like oh, him yeah. in this role and the whole, the you get give him that little eye leaking eye and stuff and the the back and forth with Bond, I mean the scene everyone loves the scene with him whipping his balls naked on the chair, mm. but like Craig is good in that scene, but it doesn't work without Lashif's frustration. It doesn't work without his growing anger of the situation. So the first hour of the film, he's very much in control of what's happening and doing everything that he's doing, and then it's that scene that kind of puts him over the edge but all the scenes in the when he's playing with Bacharach and all the things he's doing it's, he's pretty badass and so I like him as a character I like him as a kind of a menacing uh, villain in the Casino Royale film overall uh, and although he does get taken out I still think he's pretty badass in the film um, I think the reason I dig him is I like you like most people I love mm-hmm. Mads Mikkelsen yeah. I think he's awesome I am happy to watch you know, anything that I, and I have watched a lot of random Mads Mikkelsen movies yeah. that have come out over the past uh, three, four years. I watched Hannibal when it was announced that he was going to be Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TV show. Oh I, yeah. Yeah. I am a fan of Mads Mikkelsen. I just think because you know, he's ultimately a puppet, which a lot of these are, but I knew yeah. it going into it. So it kind of undercut his overall menace to me because I knew that he was just the face of the power and not the actual power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas all the others on my list, save for Jaws, were kind of the power, even if they were puppets like Red Grant. But I didn't right. have his at that time. I don't think Bond had the lore, so I, I give it a little bit more grace, so to speak. But, but I liked that he was vulnerable in the fact that, like you know, he's like, I gotta get you to give me this information, or else these people who are my employers are going to kill me. So yeah. there's a desperation to his villainy that uh, you don't normally see in, in the bond films. And, you know, and I'm sure they decided like when they went with this version of bond, they needed a villain who was a little more grittier, a little more grounded. Mm. And so Le Chiffre does a great job. I th- or Matt's mix on as Le Chiffre does a really good job of conveying that um, until of course they take him out. Cause he's desperate. He knows he's going to be killed. If he doesn't get this information. I like that. Eh? I like that color on a villain. You know, I, it's a great point. I just take the other vantage point of he has less power to me if he's worried about 
yeah. the actual power in the room. So it's just right. like, eh, how much of a villain? Once again, Jaws is on my list, but it's fucking Jaws. It's fucking Jaws. It's fucking Jaws. All right. Uh, we're up to your three. What's your three? My three is uh, Scaramanga. Oh, okay. So the punt from earlier. Yeah, yeah. please take it away. Um, I think it's, he rates that highly because it's a great synthesis of exotic locale mm-hmm. that he's yeah. built his own special base into. And he has this, you know, burgeoning technology yeah. that on the face of it, it's like, oh, I could endless power from the sun, but that he also turns into a weapon needlessly, which I love the line of, you know, this comes free of charge after he's shown <laughs> Bond. And he does the full explanation as to what his plot is. Yeah. But yeah. there's a nice tension throughout because Bond is doing the explaining. Scaramanga or manga, however you want to pronounce it. I think it's manja. Yeah. Uh, manja. Is like, I don't know that much about science. So basically he's the audience and Bond was like, well, that's super cool to negative whatever, how many ever hundred degrees of the liquid helium. <laughs> And Scaramanjo is like, well, I'll have to take your word for that. And they just keep going through, and Bond seems to know everything about this technology because yeah. you have to explain to the audience what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> but they, it's not as heavy-handed as it would have been a decade yeah. before. So you can see the slight nuances and the update of it, but it's got everything. You've got the, the island fortress that he's built yeah. with the new technology. It's like part of what they base Syndrome on. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, in the Incredibles, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, he just speaks to a lot of, I, I think of a Bond villain existing in a few different molds, and he mm-hmm. is part of what makes one of the molds to me. Yeah. Um, the self-contained universe of villainy. Well, I like the fact that he is not like an intentional Bond villain, mm. right? He has his own island, and he's essentially a sociopath who has no connection to humanity whatsoever. So he has these this game set up where these people die trying to do these um, challenges or obst- or obstacles or whatever, and he becomes more sadistic with them throughout. So that's kind of an interesting approach to a Bond villain, that there's not an intention here, but he sees that Bond is somewhat his equal, and so he likes the challenge of being able to fuck with this guy until he kills him. And so I like that aspect of it. And Christopher Lee is just so perfect. Yeah, it's Christopher Lee. So good at playing this character and what have you. And his his offense and the arrogance and his hubris to think that Roger Moore could be his equal in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know? It's a couple of shots where if it wasn't Christopher Lee, I don't know if they could pull it off. And Bond says something and cuts to Lee and Lee just makes a face at him. Yeah. But it's perfect. And then they cut right back to Bond, but it's just Christopher Lee kind of dismissing him. Yeah. Like, huh, yeah. okay. Like it, it's impressive to watch. And I think if you don't have someone like that to command the room, and also, you know, years later finding out that Christopher Lee, you know, the stories from the Lord of the Rings sets. Oh yeah. Where it's like, oh, actually, when you stab a man in the back, here's what it sounds like. <laughs> How do you know you have firsthand experience? I'm actually not at liberty to say yeah he claims he worked for the british secret intelligence secret yeah. service yes the secret he service, may or yeah. may not as a spy and he may or may not have done a lot of things along these lines like, how would you, like if he's telling the truth how would you like to be his handler and you're like wait what you're doing what yeah i'm gonna be a star in a big high profile movie what uh yeah you're gonna blow well, but nothing up. nothing came out yeah nothing came out 
that we know of. So perhaps anybody that could ever identify him in that line of work. Yeah. Well, he now know how he knows how air escapes their body in various ways. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I put him at my three. Yeah, that's a good choice, man. I like him uh, at my five for, you know, I could have put him higher, but um, I think the movie itself is not an intentional Bond villain. Like it Bond is led to this situation. So I think it's, I ding it for that, but that's such a small thing to ding it for. So, um, all right. So that's your three. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then my three is uh, Alec Trevelyan from um, Goldeneye, Sean Bean. Yeah, don't have a single Pierce Brosnan go crazy. Wow, <laughs> you're insane. He's, this is so good because he is. We got a little backstory with Bond in that mm-hmm. this was his best friend. This was 006, and there's this guilt that he's carried for years that's uh, a mission they were on he had to leave him behind and he, he thought he died so to find out that he faked his own death so that he could essentially start his own thing i i thought was fucking brilliant um and you know going with the soviet union to do all of this plus this is one of my favorite if not my favorite pierce brosnan one because i mean you've got what um famke jansen who is badass as mm. the uh, female villainess, what is it, Ivana Top or something like that? Ivana? It's, I know she plays <laughs> Russian, Ukrainian, Chechen, something. I don't know. I think it's Ivana Top or something like that. I, this pretty um, much introduced her to us. This yes. X Men and Rounders. Yes, absolutely. But I yeah, think is, this was the first thing. Xenia on a top. That's Xenia it. Yeah. On a top. And I thought Isabella Skorupko, I thought she was going to, who's the female lead, I thought she was going to do a shit ton of stuff because I liked her. But she was she ended up being like Carrie Lowell. Like Carrie Lowell was great as a Bond girl, and then just kind of didn't do much until Law and Order, you know. And so I haven't seen much of Isabella Skorupko at all. But we also get Judy, Judy Dench as M in this. But I I just really liked uh, Sean Bean's performance in this movie. And this is Sean Bean before he becomes the guy you kill in every movie or in every first yeah, season of a show. He starts- still yeah he still got that power. So to have him play dalton's friend and all you know and, and have him like completely told like mess bond up from the inside out and the fact that he turned on him he faked his own death and now he's running his own thing now bond has to fight him so it, it, you mix all that into this he may have to kill him for real like it's just brilliant and i thought sean bean did an excellent job in this movie playing that character you know i i just don't care for any of the peers but that's the only one that even merited thought mm. all the others the what is it jeffrey price oh yeah i didn't like yeah the rupert murdoch character don't care for that movie yeah tomorrow never and, dies yeah I, it's, I don't know here's yeah. i wish i wish he had gotten different movies because he is the quintessential look of bond oh totally 100 percent. but yeah i don't like any of his so yeah i don't know it just got to a point where it's not it was too over the top for me. He's such a good looking dude, man. It is. It's not fair. Right? Yeah. Even now, he's even he's even more good looking now with the fucking beard. Yeah. He's more rugged, more rough looking, which I I'm like, fuck you, you bastard. Fucking bastard. Yeah. Some guys yeah. got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, all right, where are we at? That was my three. So what's your two? My two is Raul Silva. Ah, that's my two as well. Yeah, Javier Bardem. Uh, I love the motivation of the character of the former agent. Mm-hmm. And when the cyanide pill 
Yeah. It doesn't go through and just the, do you know what it does to you? Oh and he God. slowly pulls out oh. his jaw and he's like, mother, look at me. Oh and the idea God. of M standing for mother and she's this, you know, matriarch for all these agents and whatnot. It was a great yeah. twist on how you view the dynamic between all of them. Yeah. Uh, and great. Bond feels betrayed because M told, uh, what's her name to shoot him when they're on top of that train. And yeah. He goes, cascading to his yeah money penny to his potential death and he comes mm-hmm. back and he's not fit for service but they gotta she understands why they have to get him back in that's where she, KG veteran yeah she uh understands what it takes to motivate someone like this um but to the dynamic overall and for the grand plan design guy i really bought into the he pulls this off even though the number of dominoes that have to fall the right way, especially when they go down into like London itself. Yeah. That. Everything has to go through where the train comes through and whatnot. Like God, all awesome. these things have to go absolutely perfectly. Yeah. But I bought the reality of it. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. And that's why you cast someone like Javier Bardem to play a role like this. Cause I mean, this is my favorite bond movie bar none, skyfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the big reasons is because of this guy, because of uh, this character and Javier Bardem's portrayal of the character. Once again, in, in my, and I didn't, in, this wasn't an intentional thing, but you know, the film that the villain I had just before this one is also a former agent who is, who was, but this, but in Sean Bean's case, he was doing it for his own um, desire to become richer or more powerful, whatever. This is an exposition of the of the system of MI6. Like he's trying to take it down because he has found the fallacy of MI6, the systemic yeah, fallacy, the hypocrisy. Yeah, the hypocrisy exactly. And so that motivates him. And Bond even like kind of connects to that because, like you said, Bond was ki- was shot off that uh, train in a way to keep him to to, to achieve the overall mission. Yeah. Showing him how, how expendable he really is. So Raul is like exposing that expendability that all the agents have, and Bond it kind of has sympathy for him until um, he sees how far Raul is willing to go, where he is in essence becoming that thing that he hates. Mm-hmm. And so there's no difference then at that point because he is systemically corrupt as a human being. So w- how can he be the one that takes down MI6? If anyone's going to take down MI6, um, you're replacing one corruption for another. And he does a great job. And his voice and the battle at the end is great. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. To show up at Bond's, yeah. you know, I guess Childhood boyhood home. home. Yeah. Um, and kind of tear down the essence of the man. Mm-hmm while he's trying to tear down the system that created him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just, you don't think you can see a bond villain or any villain on this level mm-hmm. where you think they might actually win. And there are a couple of different points where this dude's on the top of his game, his villainy yeah. game, you know, mm-hmm. right now he is he, pound for pound, potentially the best villain in the world. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So it's both of our due. So then, we both have punts for our number ones. We do, yeah. Uh, my number one is Blofeld. Go ahead. I mean, the hidden which, figure that runs Spectre. Which it, version do you are you choosing? Which version? I, do you I like? am taking the quantitative. Okay, because on yeah. some level, Blofeld is an idea. Right, right, right. right. Because oh, it, good you point. Know, yeah, yeah. The the character has so much plastic surgery, at least the earlier iterations. That's yes. why they, they could plug and play other actors in, but that was part of Ian Fleming's books as right. he wanted the anonymity 
to be able to do all these things without being known. Right. Um, so all of the archetypes, everything that, that uh, uh, Dr. Evil is, is based on Blofeld, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. save for the Lorne Michaels voice. But the, <laughs> the archetype of a villain of this size and scope really originates with Blofeld. Yeah. This guy that you don't see for quite a few movies. You just see him stroking that cat and you see yeah. him like it's arm and whatnot, but you never get an idea of who this individual is. Cause he needs to say a shadowy uh, individual has tentacles mm-hmm. and all these vast things. And I think it's just the overall power and size of what Blofeld represents uh, to me is, the most quintessentially Bond villain. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, your logic is um, sound, and it's difficult to argue with that logic because I agree that he's been in, he's the Bond film you've seen the most because I think he's been in eight films. Something overall. like that. It's crazy. And he's influenced, I mean, he influenced Inspector Gadget with the cat that. Uh, oh, yeah, with the, uh, Mr. Claw or Dr. Claw or whatever. Yeah. Some Claw. Yeah, that he has. And yeah. Uh, also having Austin Powers, the Dr. Evil is essentially Blofeld. Um, so you've seen the influence of him. And then Christoph Waltz coming in in the most recent iterations of Bond as Blofeld. That's a hell of a mantle to carry. Yeah. Um, you know, because you've seen so many different people play him well. Telly Savalas in, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Donald Pleasance, uh, which is who is my favorite Blofeld is Donald Pleasance. And uh, you're right. I mean, the, he he is just a constant thorn in Bond's side. Um, he is also a frustrated thorn in Bond's side because he can't ever seem to fully win. But he also has those moments where he really gets under Bond's skin. More than anybody else in the series, Blofeld has a way of really rattling Bond and unsettling Bond and fucking with Bond. Yeah. Uh, and that gives him so much power in the series. So, yeah, it's a great choice. An interesting character for sure on so many levels. All right, sell me on Goldfinger. Why is Goldfinger number one? Oh, my God. What are you talking about? This is the best. This is the best one. First of all, recognized by a lot of people as maybe the best Bond film ever is Goldfinger. A lot of people would argue that. Yeah, I don't care about a sheep's opinion. You know, not when I'm a wolf. <laughs> You're a wolf. Is that what we're doing now? Uh, no, I don't, don't know. Uh, I'm just trying to uh, undercut your argument. Like, he's so confident and he's so boastful. And that accent... Uh, and of course, that's also what influenced Gold Member is in in the third Austin Powers, which someday you're going to have to watch. I feel like um, maybe. <laughs> but AEL, no, I, we don't go in for a th- third third movie. All right, fair enough. Um, it's off the curriculum. But but I love the idea that the reason Bond figures him out is because of that he cheats in golf, and he's like, oh well, you know, you not that good of a person, but but gentleman's oh. game. But this idea of gold, I mean, that he wants to fuck with the gold supply of the country is brilliant or of the world rather is just brilliant. And it's a way to kind of under, I mean, you don't just destabilize a country, you destabilize the world economy. There's a, there's a grandness in that scope that I thoroughly enjoy. And I love how, how fucking chill he is the whole time as he's doing everything that he's doing. And he always has a quip for bond. Because Bond is beneath him, and he loves fucking with him, which is why that laser moves so slow. It's to fucking mess with your mind that you're going to have to wait till that thing slices you in half. It's just brilliant. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, the destabilization of the currency, that's only if the government tells us about it. Because at that point, it's not Mm. like there's 24-hour news. So they could probably keep this story under wraps. 
and yeah. just kind of fudge their way through the next couple of years until they really get called on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good plan. I don't know if it would have the effect. He would need to somehow publicize it simultaneously, like invite out right. all the newspapers of the day. Yeah. To get enough traction on this, because otherwise it's they could sweep it under the rug for a while until they figured some sort of solution out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know the menace of him because he's going after gold and whatnot as a, yeah. other, other people are creating super weapons or like Zorn of cleaving off California to make his own. Yeah, but that's nothing. Un- I will own the world. Not, not if what, a section of the United States, the world. You're assuming then we would stay on the gold standard. <laughs> what, what else? You but if one, if one person could controlled all, all the gold, on? then we would switch to a different standard. If one really person think, controlled all the wealth, yeah, I, I do. We've had this fight before. This is insane. You think that you think all the countries would get together and be like, uh, let's pick what, what currency are we going to use for gold now? It's yeah. ridiculous. The no enemy way. of my enemy is my friend. We all share one enemy, which is now Goldfinger. Yeah. Every one of us, collectively, we could crush this dude. Uh, but if I love how you think that the countries are not going to try to align themselves with Goldfinger. There they are could. probably numerous countries that would they align could. themselves and a number of terrorist organizations that would align themselves with Goldfinger to be able but to, to use we that still situation. Have, all these other governments still have the technological advantage, and he wouldn't be able to hire out or buy any of the weapons because the governments dictate who has access to buying those weapons. So he'd be operating from a deficit, especially if he can't get anything up in the next couple of years as they keep pushing through the new fucking, you know, machines of war. Yeah, but did he strike you as a henchman who came up with this idea? This guy's a super no. intelligent. So no. he would have planned for that ahead of time. Potentially. Once he you're, put this in you're projecting <laughs> onto him what as, as are you on these countries. So <laughs> far, I've seen him release a gas, and that's as evil as he's gotten. <laughs> well, the laser's pretty fucking evil. Yeah, yeah, but it moves at a snail's pace. On so purpose. How really evil. I, uh, that was with the governor off. That's as fast as that bad boy goes. <laughs> That's right. That's so how he designed it. It's pretty pathetic. Well, that means it's going to move through your body slow, too. So the torture is endless. I know. But if you have a thousand soldiers running at you, a laser that may cut through the arm of one of them by the time they get to you, it's not going to. Oh, well, that's fair. That's fair. Um they can, you know, and I was looking at something. They considered Orson Welles for this part. I'm glad they didn't get Orson. I don't think it would have had. The same kind of effect. So give giving it to uh, Gerd Frobe. That's the German actor who played him. He did a great job with it. And I also like it's somebody that you don't really know. Yes. Yes. Creates a more believable. Wells would have been like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Yes, yeah, would have been a little hammy. Hammed it up over yeah. the top. A little hammy. No offense. Um, okay. Well, there's our separate top 10 lists. Uh, we're going to put them together for the top 10 Bond villains and give you the show's top 10 list. We shall see. Oh, shit. Where are my fucking Bonds? Maybe All right, where'd those. you have Blofeld again? Uh, sorry. Let me pull it up again. Blofeld is number f- six. Ah, Goldfinger is my six. So we are flipping right out the gate. Um, all right, let me know when you're ready. All right, say that again. Uh, flipping a coin because it's one six versus one six, and I think both of us want our guy Ooh, top. Okay, because we could, you know, yeah, settle between the two of us and reconcile and go, Oh, we have this commonality higher, but fuck that because that makes sense, right? 
Uh, all right, call it in the air. Three, okay. two, one, go. Heads. Come on, baby. What do you got? All right, it fully went under the desk. Oh. See, I have to take his word for it when he comes up with a coin. For those of you who are watching on camera, he disappears under the desk. I have no idea what the truth is. I have to trust his. Oh my God, he can't. <laughs> and we said uh, best two out of three, right? That's what we. Yeah. That's the nope. standing rule, correct? No, it is. I'm pretty sure that's. Ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Lofeld, mm. both have Raul, so we'll put him next. Yeah. Uh, Scaramanga, I got him at three. I have it at five, so yeah, that makes sense. Okay, and then we both have Dr. No and Red Grant and Jaws, but they're lower on our list. Yeah. You didn't I've put the Chiffre on, did you? No, that's my okay. tenure what? Four. Uh, sure. Okay. I still have my number three, which we haven't put on. Is what? My number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alec Trevelyan. The Sean Bean guy. Sean Bean. All right. I've got my four, so we'll do that okay. there. And then Dr. No, I've got it seven. You have where? Nine. Red Grant, you have where? Eight. I've got that at eight. And then Jaws, you have at seven? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, all right. How about we do Dr. No, Jaws, Red Grant, we're done. Where do you have Jaws? Nine. So it's seven, nine versus seven, nine. You got the last one. I'll take this one. Right, right, right. But doesn't Red Grant go above us? Or does it go, doesn't it go above both those guys? Or does he go to the bottom? Because he goes to the bottom. Right. Well, a seven beats him every time. So we got I two sevens. So. Oh, yeah. I guess that's fair. Uh, there we go. Fine. Poor Robert Shaw. All right. Let's do this thing. The top 10 Bond villains. Yeah. At number 10. Red Grant. At number nine. Jaws. At number eight. Dr. No. At number seven. Max Zorin. At number six. Alex Trevelyan. Is that what it was? Trevelyan. Yeah. Trevelyan. Okay. So where are we at now? At number six or at number seven? Where are we at? Uh, we're at number five. Okay. At number five. Les Chiffres. <laughs> at number four. I'm pretty sure that's the proper. Um, anyway, number four is uh, Francisco Scaramanga or Manja. Yeah. At number three. Raul Silva. At number two. Blofeld. And our number one Bond villain is is Goldfinger. Goldfinger is the numero uno. Yes, sir. Good stuff. And we have our uh, list from Lawrence. Yeah, Yeah, let's hear from there, Lawrence. What do you got, Lawrence? He says, uh, hi, guys. Thanks for choosing my topic. I love a James Bond film and am an unapologetic Roger Moore fan. Damn right. Roger Moore is who I grew up watching and impacted by uh, my a bit. But Mm. I do accept they have not aged fantastically. But I was true to myself. At ten, he's got Max Zorn. Sounds like he knows. Ooh, what? Nine is Mister Big uh, Kanaga. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight is Rosa Kleb. 
Seven is Raul Silva. Okay. Six is Blofeld. Okay. Five is Goldfinger. Four is Scaramanga or Scaramanja. Three mm-hmm. is Jaws. Wow. Uh, two is uh, Alec Trevelyan. And number one is Red Grant. So he flip-flopped on us. Wow. Number one, Red Grant. That's interesting. Okay. But there you go. Lawrence, thank you for sending that in. We had to sit on it for we did three months, four months, something like that. But it was a great topic. So we it thank was you worth for it. that. Yeah, thank you, man. And um, if you're going out to see Bond, we hope you enjoy it this weekend. Absolutely. I think you will, people. I mean, maybe some of you may have a couple issues, but overall, I think this is one of the good ones from the Daniel Craig section of Bond. So go and enjoy it um, and enjoy everybody in the film. And let us know what you thought. Yeah. Hit us up uh, at Top 10 Show on Twitter, or you can let John and I know individually at Mad Nose, at The Roca Says. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts on the movie. Um, I will be seeing it myself uh, this after you hear this. So I'm looking forward to it. And the final chapter in the Daniel Craig series. Yeah. Um, so we hope you enjoy that. Uh, you can, like I said before, follow the show at top 10 show. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you'd like to do so on YouTube and Instagram, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10 and uh, check out my other show. Settle the score. That is it for me. There you go. All right. Well, for me, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. If you want to head over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roka says, uh, feel free to do so reviews, reactions, all kinds of stuff happening over there. Um, and on Twitch, I'm on Twitch now and I'm going to try to figure out if I can stream the NFL Thursday night games on Twitch because of my connection with as an Amazon affiliate on Twitch. I wonder if that's possible. So just I think so. Go ahead over. Maybe the outlaw nation. Is it possible? I hope so. I don't know if you could monetize it. Well, I don't want to monetize it. Just to stream it to pick up subscribers would be fun. So if people want to, I'm, I'm going to see if I can do it possibly tonight, but as we're recording this, so you'll have already done it. So look for it if I can get it done next Thursday. So there you I go. I know you can do it with movies on Twitch. As yes, long as you can with Amazon Prime. Yes. But I don't yeah, know it could be, it could, yeah. You know what? Very well could be a different pay structure because it's the NFL. Right. Copyrights and all that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. They don't we'll allow see. that. We'll see. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, you know, and hope you, we, uh, for any of you James Bond fans, I hope we did the list justice and did our conversations did justice to the franchise for sure. So, um, all right, that's it. We're out of here. Y'all take care of yourselves and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10 show. Mm-hmm.